Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros Podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. Find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. We are heading into week eight. It is time to talk about our best bets. And here to do that with me is Ryan Noonan, the director of betting over at 444 Football and co-host of the Move the Line podcast. Find him on Twitter at Rye Noonan. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me today. How you doing? I'm well, Dan. Thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate it. I always enjoy talking shop with you. Me too. You're doing great work, by the way, over there. And I don't know if I congratulated you by the time you took over, you know, head of uh, the director of betting over there. But you do great work. Your podcast is great. And look, I, I uh, you know, I, I should trail you more. You've been quite, uh, quite hot this entire NFL season. So are you ready to keep it going? Yeah, you know, just trying to find the edges we can. This is a hard game. You know, that this speculative, sure. uh, you know, against the spreads, especially. So try to find any of the edges we can. So, you know, we try to spend a lot of time in the player prop streets or little edges and yes. team totals. I love team totals. We got one for you today. Those have been unsustainably hot for me. But uh, <laughs> hopefully I do not go off the rails with you today, Dan. I hope we can continue to give winners to uh, to your audience. Yeah, I really hope you don't screw it up by the time you get on this <laughs> podcast. But whatever, man, it's fine if you do. All right, before we get into it, uh, let's remind you about the latest offer from our sponsor, BetMGM. Uh, new customers bet $10, win $200 if your team scores a touchdown. Again, $10, any NFL game, win $200 in free bets if your team that you bet on scores a touchdown. That's available in New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Virginia, Iowa, Washington, D.C., Arizona, and Wyoming. With the code JUICE100, again, that's the code you got to use for new customers to be able to get that offer. Again, that's the Daily Juice is where that code comes from our other podcasts, which you should be listening to. Also, it is almost the end of the month, which means we are basically ready to give away our signed Saquon Barkley jersey. All you got to do to enter to our contest is to leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox, and then go to bettingpros.com slash review. If you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, you get three times the entry, youtube.com slash betting pros quickly let us recap last week our guest ian mcmillan hit on two of his three bets he hit on the Bengals on the money line at plus 230 over the ravens great pick there and the bucks laying 12 and a half to the bears he missed on the jets patriots under 42 and a half a game i admittedly also liked very much uh, i had my first losing week since week one i went one and two i missed on the panthers laying three to the giants had the Eagles as well, getting three from the Raiders, which was just wrong. I did hit on the Giants and the Panthers under 43. So that puts me at 13 and eight on the season. Let's go. I'm very excited to not have to deal with so many teams on by. Remember, we'll be using bettingpros.com, consensus lines, all the good stuff. You can check us out on the app. Do whatever you want there. Check out the leaderboard. Ryan, you are our guest. Our guest gets to make the first selection. Go ahead. What's your number one pick? All this pressure, man. Like It's you're, a lot. You're, you have, that was your first losing week since week one? Correct. I, look, it's three bets every time, so I'm going three and zero or two and one. It's it's fine. Look, you're the guy. I see the tweets coming out about how you never get a single pick wrong. So uh. if you don't go three and zero here, I don't know. <laughs> never allowed back ever. That's that's not coming from my account. I don't know where that's coming from. That is uh, <laughs> that, those are false falsehoods for sure. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll go with the team total to start, Dan, because you know this is kind of this uh, that is where maybe the the talk of me being. Um, you maybe better than than advertised is is coming so far. So you know, I, can I start a little bit with philosophy? Is I think team totals are, I think there's an edge there. I think that there's an inefficient market in team totals. I, I they are not typically set specifically by the books, and what I mean by that is that it's simply derived from the spread and the game total. And then what happens is is some of these books 
um, the majority of the main books that we have access to, move them as the line or the total moves. And what happens is, is we get these little buying windows where we can work around key numbers that becomes really advantageous. We know like three and seven key numbers and spreads totals like there's the distribution of totals and points scored is changing as this game continues to change or you know we have these key numbers up in the upper 50s which we've never had before but we have some you know common key numbers in the 20s that sometimes we'll get some buying opportunities there's one this week i like the rams over 30 and a half points against the texans again when you look at how the distribution of scores happen 31 ends up being a pretty key number in team totals and this Texans team is terrible. And we've seen the Rams. I think they were kind of caught off guard last week. You know, we had the Dan Campbell kitchen sink game, which you love to see when you know that you're up against the, up against it. You're the massive underdog here. Let's try to give you everything we can to, to give ourselves the best chance. And uh, they hung around a little bit. The Texans don't have that. They don't really have anything defensively that makes you think that they can slow down anything that the Rams are doing. The Rams can be on cruise control and still hang crooked numbers. We know that they like to throw late. They, you know, I think we saw a Cooper Cup touchdown a couple weeks ago yeah. when they were, you know, up by thirty against the Giants. Like they are pedal to the metal all the way through here. They can stumble and still get to thirty-one very comfortable, uh, comfortably against this Texans team. So give me Rams over thirty and a half. And it's a market if you're a listener and you're really kind of sides and totals, look into team totals a little bit more. You know, watch a couple of games. Get an understanding of where you think that line should be, and then wait for some line movement. You can you can jump on some key numbers. That's interesting because I'll I'll be honest. I don't bet a lot of just team totals. I occasionally do, but for the most part. But to you, it sounds like what you're saying is like that is the single most inefficient part of the betting market right now for NFL games, right? Yeah, I mean, outside of you know, player props, right? So player props, sure. we have you know they are speculative. We don't even know like you can get a bad line, and we don't necessarily know that you got a, a, a bad line. You may have got the worst line, but right. just it doesn't mean that it's an efficient line. The market's so inefficient to begin with. But yeah, as far as like your traditional market stand, I, I definitely think that it is a buying opportunity because um, they don't necessarily think of it and don't move it by itself. Like it's yep. it's not a separate market. It, it kind of moves with the two main markets. All right. I like it. Rams team total over 30 and a half. Okay. I'll try on it. I love it. Uh, all right. So I've got a couple over unders. I'm going to leave them. They're both unders, which makes me want to vomit right now. Cause I, <laughs> I just, it's horrible to be rooting for people not to score. Uh, so I'm going to go with the spread bet. And my guess is it's going to be a little surprising because I don't, this doesn't strike me as a line or a game necessarily that anybody wants to target, but I'm going to take the Steelers getting three and a half, uh, against the Browns. So when you give me Mike Tomlin, generally speaking, as an underdog, I am automatically intrigued, right? Like, I'm automatically, okay, all right, you're going to get the guys up for this. When you give me him as a road underdog, then I'm really interested in it, because I think that's sort of the quote-unquote Mike Tomlin spot. Now, the obvious stuff here is that the Browns have a ton of question marks going on right now. We don't know who's going to play quarterback. It might be Baker Mayfield. might be Case Keenum. We don't know if Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be playing in this game. We don't necessarily even know that Jarvis Landry is going to play in this game, although it is trending in that direction. And I know we got excited because, you know, the spread was dropping with all the injuries and they come out and they they beat the Broncos. But that's a bad Broncos team who was missing Von Miller for most of the game and whose linebacker group is terrible that you beat by three points. So this to me strikes me as just a bad matchup for the Pittsburgh offense, no matter what for the I'm sorry, for the Browns offense, no matter what Pittsburgh is ninth in defensive DVOA. They're good against both the run and the pass, uh, and they're one of the tops in the league at pressure rate, and especially getting pressure despite not blitzing 
a ton. And I really think that that is the key here when you want to slow down either Baker Mayfield, who's not great under pressure, or Case Keenum, who historically has not been very good under pressure. So I think defensively here, I really think that they're going to be able to stack the box against Nick Chubb, who should return here, and still be able to get pressure on Baker Mayfield. So I don't expect much to go right for Cleveland offensively. On the other side of the ball, I mean, the Steelers are coming off the bye. Their offensive line's getting a little better now. They're gelling. The scheme changed a little bit. Uh, Najee Harris coming into his own. I know Cleveland's good against the run, but again, Najee Harris has been heavily involved. Ben Roethlisberger looks a little better, looks a little healthier. Chase Claypool was getting healthier as well. Browns are middle of the pack defensively in DVOA, but they're 23rd against the pass, so I do think that the Steelers are going to be able to go here. I think the Steelers actually win this game outright, but if you're giving me the hook in particular over three and a half, uh, that's what I'm going to take. So I told you before we started recording, Ryan, that you should give your honest assessment of any pick I make. And if you want to fade it, you can fade it. If you want to follow it, follow it. What's your assessment of this one? I think the last piece of advice was really sharp. Uh, if Take the money line. So if you really Always. like Pittsburgh here, um, especially when we're you know looking at these, these dogs under six, under seven, you know, we've seen an outrageous clip this year where those teams are actually just winning outright. So like... Yep. You're going to get a like plus 160 here or something like that. Like, just take that. And, and uh, you know, it's very rare that you're going to have this fall within that three window and not uh, have Pittsburgh win outright as well. This is a, a toss up to me. Like, I, this has happened two years in a row now where Pittsburgh is on like the wrong side of the rest advantage of a bye. They're coming off a bye, but like the Browns have the mini bye because of the right. Thursday night game. Yes. It is very telling that the line is still on the board despite not knowing who's on quarterback. That kind of speaks to like, it's not necessarily a massive downgrade from from Baker to, to Case Keenum. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he made some good points. It's going to be tough sledding, I think, for, for Najee. I think, you know, this is, again, a low total. So I would lean under would probably be my most convicted lean in this game. But even that I hold very, very loosely. So um, I've got too many unders, way. man. Too many unders. I, I can't go after it again. Um, uh, yeah, so it might be something where I mean, maybe it's an in-game, uh, a same-game uh, parlor there where you tease, or same-game teaser where you tease up the the Steelers, you tease up the total and go under. Yeah, I, you're you're dead on. It's plus 160 uh, on the money line. I do think yeah. that it's, it's a point. I don't make that enough, by the way. So I'm glad that you're kind of harping on it, which is if you are taking, you know, a, a dog here it, within like six points, whatever it is, but a dog that's not outrageous, always sprinkle on the money line regardless of it, because you're right. They have been hitting it at a clip, but also it's, it's close enough there where there's almost certainly value. All right, that's my number one. Go ahead with your number two pick. What do you got? I like it. Uh, this is a, a square. I got a couple of square sides for the listeners today. Um, I feel like they're going to be public lines, but I feel like there's a reason that they're going to be public lines. And maybe they get steamed now. We can get a little bit of the best of the number. They might get a little bit more expensive as the weekend approaches. Um, give me Tampa Bay minus five. Um, I'm not sure if the, what the consensus line there is at, fan, at uh, betting pros currently. It's yeah, five, it's, five and a half. It's between five, five and a half. It bounces back. Yeah, so anywhere under six. We're also dealing with some new key, to, you know, key numbers. In this new right. NFL, too, where six is becoming as common as seven. So that's interesting. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of, Dan, I'm not sure if you're a Kirby Enthusiasm fan. There's a little bit of like spite store <laughs> stuff going on here with sure. Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Larry built, you know, and, and ran a coffee shop out of spite with Mocha Joe. I think that there's a little bit of that vibe going on with Tampa Bay this year. It happened last week, too. So it was the Thursday night game against Philly. And, you know, Everyone's still leaving. The game's barely over, right? The, the, the Everyone's still sweating. And Levante David sits down at the desk with the NFL Network guys and is talking about how stoked the boys are to get to Chicago because they were embarrassed last year. 
And it was like Tom Brady, what down is a game? And they wanted to to make a statement against the Bears last week. I loved them last week. I got a minus 10. You could not wow. have said that number too high for me. Um, and I think that this is another team where like these, these two teams played three times last year. They met in the playoffs as well as obviously the two divisional matchups. And the Saints stuck it to them once. They beat them twice, the, the, obviously yeah. the season opener. But in, like that game in Tampa, like they oh. rolled them. Ooh, they rolled them. And I think that this is something that, like, you know, Brady looks for these little edges and can galvanize the locker room. And I think that they want to kind of remind the Saints that we don't want you in the playoffs. This is our division. And if they go out here and make a statement and take care of business, this becomes really their division here, you know, cruising the rest of the way, even though we're only in week nine or week eight at this point. So, like, I think Tampa makes a statement. Anything under six, I love laying the points here. I don't know what to make of the Saints. So I don't think they're very good. I think the defense is good. But like offensively, they're 29th in yards per drive. I think they're 30th in points per drive. Um, no, but they're they're 30th in yards per drive. But they're first in points per red zone appearance. And they're second in touchdowns per red zone appearance. That is massively unsustainable. Like their offense is not good. Come off the bye, go to Seattle and hang 13. That's not good enough against Tampa Bay. I know that there was weather conditions, but like I think the offense is not good, and I think that they're actually worse than what we've seen so far. So give me the Bucks minus five. Yeah, uh, I think the Saints' offense is pretty terrible, actually. When it, when I when you look under the hood, um, and I don't hate it, but I am wondering though about it. This is interesting. So Brady is a unique animal, but you don't think that the playoff win sort of avenges it? You think in his mind and in the Bucks' mind, they're still like, nah, nah. That's not good enough. Not no. good enough. After okay, because that was what did they win? Thirty eight. Yeah, they, they handled them pretty well. Yeah, yeah. that game even was was a late like that was actually in like, there was a late fumble in the third quarter. I think it was Jared Cook fumble in like in the red zone. You know they score there, they go up ten. That's a totally different game in the fourth yeah. quarter. And you know we don't know what happens with the Bucks moving forward, right? So like that changes everything. So I think they'd love to absolutely curb stomp them here uh, in a in a public way. Uh, the only thing that makes me a little nervous, I had Will Brinson of uh, CBS on, and he highlighted that this is going to be Halloween in New Orleans. Um, <laughs> and that's, you know, that's again, if we want to get into some narratives, like that yeah. would scare me a little bit. But uh, again, I think that there's not enough, unless those people are all going on the field to play defense. Uh, yeah. I still like the Bucks. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. But it makes me feel a little better about my second pick, which is in the same game, which again... My guess is you might be on the other side of this one if you were forced to take a side, which you are not, of course. That's actually going to be the under in this same game, um, which is right now at 50. It's bouncing back and forth. It was 50 and a half at our sponsor, BetMGM. So 50 and a half, I like it better. But obviously, you know, if it's under 51, whatever, it doesn't make that much of a difference. But um, look, t- speaking of the Saints, and again, I think we know exactly what their philosophy is right now, right? We are going to lean on our defense, which, as you mentioned, is very good. I like it as well a lot. They're going to play slow. They're going to play conservatively. They don't want to let Jameis do them in, right, by going for it and no risk it, no biscuit. Not anymore, not here anymore. They are 28th in neutral situation pace of play. They run the ball 53% of the time. That is by far the most in the NFL this year. Now they add Mark Ingram. I mean, not that it really matters, but that probably just says, hey, by the way, we want to even run the ball even more if we can. And of course, you've got the Bucks defense, which is great against the run. So maybe not quite as much against pass catching running backs, but still very good. But the bottom line is there's going to be a lot of, of running in this game, at least from the Saints side. They want to probably, they don't want to get into a shootout, of course, because of Brady. 
They want to bleed the clock as much as possible, rely on that defense, which is really good. Third overall in defensive DVOA. And now with the Bucks, yeah, I mean, Brady is great and has a chip on his shoulder overall. I will, I'll take your word for it even here that he still is mad about that, even though he knocked them out of the playoffs, which is definitely possible. Uh, they're just not, you know, they're not going to have Antonio Brown here, I assume, given that he was spotted on with a crutch and given Bruce Arians' statements. They, they probably will get uh, Gronk back. But, uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore has a history of just taking Mike Evans, for the most part, just right out of these games. And the Saints don't have a ton of sacks, but they get enough pressure, 20, you know, more than 26% pressure rate. That's six best in the league. So again, these monstrous totals, man, like we, we just like 50 points right now is like nothing, right? We just think about it, It's like, oh, it's 50 point. It doesn't jar you anymore. You're, you got totals in 57, right? Or, you know, 56 and a half, but that's a big, that's a big total in a divisional game where I think that both have good defenses. The clock is going to be running a lot. So I do think the Bucks win. I do think the Bucks cover this game. But I do not see a ton of scoring here from the Saints. I don't see a massive output from the Bucs either. I think the Bucs win. I think the Bucs cover. But I will take the under here on 50 or 50 and a half, wherever you can get it. Yeah, I like that play too, Dan. I think that there are a lot of outs there. Like you, like you highlighted, we know that the Mike Evans thing is real. Like those two dudes will battle. Oh, yeah. um, he has not had some great games. And even like you mentioned, like Kamara, that we know they want to run the ball. It's smart to throw him the ball. But in that second matchup last year... They held him to six catches, right. I think five catches for nine yards. So, like, yep. they're prepared for it. Uh, they're getting a little bit healthier on defense, not necessarily in the secondary per se, but at the linebacker position, some guys up front. So, yeah, you can sell me on that under here um, in, in a big, big way. Just shorten the I'm, Saints, really. Yes, correct. It's a lot on the Saints, for sure. I do not want to be watching this game and have an under and a Tom Brady. Like, yeah. angry game, which now you have convinced me is probably going to happen. But that's so this fine. This is the perfect I, way. I, I'm going to go back to it, Dan. So, if you can, you're convicted on, you like the Bucks as well yes. against the spread and you like the under in the game it's this really comes down to shoring the saints team total so like mm. this is a you don't have to be in bed with tom brady doing anything here. okay you just take a saints team total under and then tom brady can go off and you're still safe perfect i love it i will do it what's your third bet go ahead uh third bet another square one the most public team i think in the entire league is the dallas cowboys uh they are obviously rolling right now and they have not uh not covered at any point so far this year. And I uh, like them. Uh, I think anywhere below three, I've seen twos, two and a halfs out there. There's, I think, even a one and a half. There's a one and a half. The consensus actually is one and a half. In my book, again, I'm in New Hampshire, the DraftKings, it's one and a half right now. It's been dropping. Yeah, so I, I absolutely love that. I think there is a, I don't want to simplify the handicap here, but I think that there is just a massive trenches battle here that goes one way. Um, really outside of the Tampa game in week one, Dallas has leaned pretty run heavy this year. Right, that was very game-centric where they came out and they just chucked the ball over the field. Um, they've been leaning on the dynamic offensive line that's finally healthy and is running really well. They're first in offensive line, adjusted line yards uh, per football outsiders. Defensively, Minnesota, 32nd in adjusted line yards. Um, sometimes it's just that simple. I think they're going to be able to run at will, uh, really put Minnesota in a spot where they have to play catch-up a little bit. Minnesota can do that. Uh, but I also think that there's going to be enough here in the passing game on Dallas' side where when they decide to turn it on, they're going to be fine. There's some injuries in the secondary for Minnesota that I think are going to be hard for them to overcome. And uh, again, I think that they have their way here. I think this is a nice live bet on the over. If that happens, if Dallas gets up big and we force you know Mike Zimmer to take the car out of the garage a little bit and start to throw the ball, they can yeah. do that with success. But I think they're going to have a really hard time slowing down Dallas. 
Okay, so I have two two questions really here for it. Number one, when when I saw this, we do a you know look ahead line sort of on Monday, an opening reaction to it. It was two and a half, and I was very much like, I don't understand this line. Why why would you not pound Dallas right now? Like this seems very obvious. I know they're on the road. I know it's a, a prime time game or whatever, but I mean this just doesn't seem correct. My, the guy I did it with, Matt Peral, didn't have that same reaction, so I was surprised there. My wonder is if the reason I was dropping is because of the Dak Prescott health situation. Because, though, like, I think we all just sort of expected, well, he's got the bye week. Like, everything says the calf injury is minimal. But all the word out of Cowboys camp is very much like, oh, things are trending. Things are trending in the right direction. Is there any concern for you if you're a better and people are listening to this on a Thursday when we're recording it? Do you wait and just see Prescott's health? I mean, does that concern you at all? No, but I think you can wait. So I think two things. I'm not concerned, but I think waiting is fine because if you're, you know, we're still under the three and that's really all that matters in this spot. Like I, I don't, I'm not super concerned about a one versus a, a two and a half. Um, so rare that it's going to fall on two or something like that. So yeah, I think you can absolutely wait till you start to see more practice reports. You start to feel a little bit more convicted on a Friday afternoon. I think that is absolutely why it is not at three currently. Yeah. Um, both teams okay. coming off a bye, so that's you know not even a rest advantage for Minnesota at home. Like that kind of that stinks. Typically, you like to have those spots. So, yeah, I I, I think that's absolutely why. But I'm I'm fine waiting, and I think you're still gonna be able to get under three. Yeah, because again, when it was two and a half, it was something where I was like, I want to hit it now because I mm-hmm. you know I don't know. But then it was dropping, and I again I assume it's just because of the questions on Prescott's health. And again, everything that comes out of it of Cowboys camp is like, yeah, I expect to play. But, you know, I, you know, I don't want to hear expect to play. Like, I want yeah. to be like, I'm totally fine. I'm ready to go. So maybe that's it. But certainly if Prescott plays, I'm absolutely on that side. And I said it uh, when we did it on Monday. I think that's the right side. I'm surprised that the line came out uh, under three just with how much of a public side the Cowboys always are. But I- I'm with you for sure. I'm going back to a total, of course. Um, and it's going to be one that on Monday... Matt, again, who I did the podcast with, was like, pound the over, pound the over. My initial reaction was, yeah, all right. I mean, I think the over, like you go back historically, it probably hits. But I actually like the under on this game. It's the Titans and the Colts, which is at 51 right now. Uh, We've got the two elite running backs, of course, and both teams just pound the ball into the ground when they can. Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. That means that the clock's going to move. Tennessee runs 48% of the time. That is fourth most in the league. Indianapolis runs 45% of the time. That is the eighth most in the league. So Indianapolis, though, has an elite run defense. They are number one in defensive DVOA against the run, and they are the slowest team in the NFL in terms of neutral situation pace of play. They rank last. Tennessee ranks 23rd. These are both two teams that are in no hurry to get things going, that are more than willing to milk the clock, rely on the run game. And again, Indianapolis has a great run defense, so I think that's going to cause Tennessee to not necessarily be able to sustain these drives or anything like that where they're going to, uh, you know, result in touchdowns. It's a divisional game. They've already met. Obviously, it was a little different before because Wentz wasn't healthy. The offensive line is getting a little better here for the Colts. I just think this strikes me as a more conservative, sort of grind it out, tough game. You've got the Colts who need the win, right? They, they This is their last chance here to get the division. They've bounced back very nicely from that loss against the Ravens, but they need this one because they lost already to the Titans. So, there's going to be two unders here for me on a Sunday. I'm going to be miserable watching the games. But to me, I don't know, man. When I first looked at it, I understood like why the over might have been the play. And to be fair, I think the total opened up at 49 or 49 and a half. Now at 51, though, I'm going to take the under. I had the same reaction. So I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that feels like it feels like an overplay. Yep. 
but the more I dug into it, I, you know, I didn't click the button already. I waited a little bit. And then the more I dug into it, I think I came to the same realization that, that you did is I just feel that there are a lot of outs for this to be slow. Yep. Um, I think there's a little bit of, um, you know, unsustainable efficiency on both sides offensively. You talked about how there's a you know run funnel on the uh, the Colt side, knowing yep. that the Titans want to lean run heavy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little concerned again. Second time in the division, we know historically those end up being a little bit lower scoring as well. Yep. So there's a lot working in your favor here on the under. Yeah, I I really I probably would have put the Bucks last, like in terms of my favorite sort of picks. But I wanted to get him in there because you had just talked about the Bucks. I feel a little more confident in this one than I even do the Bucks. So let's recap very quickly. Then let's quickly just run through the remaining spreads, and then we can get you out of here. Get back to <laughs> making all your correct picks. You are taking uh, the Bucks laying five and a half to the Saints, the Cowboys laying one and a half to the Vikings, and the Rams team total over 30 and a half. And I love all the team total stuff that you gave. It's really great information. I'm taking the Steelers getting three and a half against the Browns. I am taking the Bucks and the Saints uh, under 50 or 50 and a half, especially if you can get that. And the Titans and the Colts under 51. All right. I'm not going to ask you about tonight because by the time people listening to this, the game has probably already <laughs> happened. I don't want to have you on record. All right. I, I really want your opinion on the uh, Bengals laying 10 and a half in New Jersey uh, against the Jets. Yeah, this this is a hard thing too. I do uh, you know a free look ahead lines article every week at four for four. Um, this this next week nine is in the hopper should be out very soon. This nice. is three and a half in right. the look ahead markets. Um, so it's really hard to sometimes be like, Ooh, you know, this is uh, we're we're dying here. Now I I don't think that the Mike White Zach Wilson thing is worth seven points, but uh, yeah, ten and a half is tough. This is also this is the third straight road game for the Bengals. Right. don't see it very often. It only happens a couple times a year. It happens uh, the Colts already this year. Those things don't go really well, typically. So, like, 10.5 is too much. It's a stay away for me. That doesn't mean I have any conviction on the uh, the Jets side. But I can't take. I can't lay the 10.5 on the Bengals. I think it's very clear that when you look at everything and the trends and everything that really goes into the fact that the line has moved this much means, oh, God, of course you take the Jets. But I cannot possibly take the Jets. Like, there's no way. I did get in on the Bengals at nine and a half when it first sort of moved because I was just like, oh, come on. I'm, Mike White, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Jets fan. I, I'm willing to admit that uh, I was not prepared to see Mike White in a game. But I just, at this point, it's just too high. But I understand that, like, the sharp side is there's so much value on the Jets. Come on. You got to take the Jets. Can't do it. Definitely can't do it. No matter how high it gets, I'm just staying away. But that's how the question, about- right? What's the number got to be? Oh, there's no number. I'm not kidding. Like, I, I get it. Like, you want to, like, 21 play? I'll be like, whoa, whoa. But uh, for the most part, no. I, I don't want to do it. I do because I don't have any faith in what I am going to see from a full week of preparing. My, I, is Michael Carter going to get 18 targets here, uh, you know, right. out of the running back position? Uh, you know, who the heck knows at this point? So I'm staying far away. I'm interested, actually, in this one. I've backed the Eagles so many times this year. And sometimes it's been good. I've gotten the number, like, against the Bucks. I mean, you know, I got the number right and everything like that. The Lions are at home against the Eagles. The Lions are getting three and a half. This might be the spot that the Lions get off the schneid. Yep. Um, yeah, three and a half is a nice number, too. So, again, we're there's the reason this is the first time the Eagles are favored all year. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is fun in our fantasy games. Yes. But, like, you know, in the fourth quarter. And, like, he does it every single time. Every time. He'll probably do it again this week because I don't think we're going to have a game script where, like, you know, he's not going to be needed uh, this is definitely Lions or nothing for me. I don't have a ton of conviction in it, but a lot of smart people that I talk to and do this with also feel that the Lions are the play. So maybe uh, you know later today or uh, no later than tomorrow afternoon, I'd probably take it because I think that three, I think that hook might go away. 
Yeah, if uh, we did four bets on the show, then the fourth bet would have been the Lions, definitely, on this one. I think that, look, they fight, man. Like, you know, they fight no matter what. And the Eagles are not good enough to put this game away, in my opinion. Like, they just are not offensively good enough to put it away. I think the Lions hang around here. This will be something where I will sprinkle on the money line as well. But I will definitely take them getting three and a half. My personal play is not the official here. The Bills are laying 14 at home against the Miami Dolphins. And so this is one of the only times, well, I don't typically do this. I bet this in the preseason. I bet this wow. in week five. Um, I got I got the Bills minus seven, Dan. What? Um, there's a massive, massive rest advantage here. This is, so the Dolphins elected to not have the post-London buy. Right. Bizarre, but I but whatever. Like, they thought they were going to be contenders. They wanted a late season buy. They come home and play the Falcons off a of buy. Not great. Uh, now they go to Buffalo in the division. Buffalo, fresh off a of bye, who has absolutely destroyed them the last two, like 91 to 26 in the last two meetings. Um, destroyed. And I think that there is just, what do the Dolphins do well? They're, they do nothing well. Um, and I think that the Bills don't like what how they went into the bye. You know, that there was a game that they should have won in Tennessee. Yep. Uh, Josh Allen was talking about how maybe we just, get it right. And we do what we did last year after the bye, which is not lose again until they get to the playoffs. So I think that they are on cruise control here. I mean, 14 is hard. I'm, I can't right. take it. I got a couple of sevens, but like, I, I'm, I'm not touching Miami here whatsoever. Yeah. That's awesome that you have some sevens, but if it, all right. So like FanDuel is still at 13 and a half. Do you care that it's below two touchdowns or is it yeah, still, I would take Buffalo the still? Yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. when you're there, that's fine. How about the 49ers visiting the bears? The 49ers are now laying four points in our consensus line. Yeah, this is this is gross. The Chicago thing is weird. Um, you know, I want to be bullish on Justin Fields long term, but there's not a lot to be oh, yeah. optimistic about. Again, it is a JV offensive line. It's a stay away for me. No interest in, in this game whatsoever. Um, but I would lean the Niners if you had to. Yeah, I agree. I think the Niners are probably the right side. I doubt I will have much action on this game. It's just I don't see how you can look at Justin Fields right now and feel comfortable backing him whatsoever. He, he just, again, like you, no long-term sort of proclamations on what the kid's future is going to be, like without question. But as of this moment, as of right now, especially with that offensive line, he's just overmatched and he's not making decisions quickly enough and he's just getting overwhelmed. So I would go with the Niners if I had to. But again, like you, it's a game I'm going to stay away from. As is the next one, which is the Falcons at home against the Panthers, which the Falcons laying three. Yeah, another one that's kind of gross. This one moved in uh, a big way in the pre-market. It was the other way. It was uh, minus two and a half on mm-hmm. the Panthers side. So five five points of movement doesn't make any sense to me. There's kind of this narrative this week that like the Falcons are figuring it out. They barely won in London against the Jets. No. They blew a 13-point fourth quarter lead against Miami and needed a last-second field goal to hold on. Like, mm, no. Um, you know, and I don't know what to make of the Sam Darnold thing. So like the talent is there. Turns out maybe Christian McCaffrey matters. Um, mm-hmm. JC Horn might matter, even though we only saw him for a handful of games. So yeah. stay away from me. Um, but you're going to, you know, give me some points in Carolina. I would lean that way if we maybe get a yes. three, but uh, no conviction in the Falcons whatsoever. Yeah. And I mean, they should get a little healthier here, right? Or, you know, Gilmore should probably play in this game, I, I assume, um, you know, for his first game. But regardless, yeah, there's clearly value on the Panthers, right? Like, there's no way that the Falcons should be favored here by three points. But I can't do it. Like, I can't with Sam Darnold with the way he is playing right now. I just a total stay away from me. 
we talked about the total in this game, but I, I'm interested in your feelings on the side. The Colts right now are laying one and a half to the Titans in Indianapolis. Yeah, I lean the Titans. Um, I think my preferred way, I don't know, I, I've been shorting the Colts and I, I just don't believe in them. Um, I want to continue to probably do that. I also don't think the Titans are very good either. That secondary is poor. Right. I don't know how they did that last week. Like we're looking at like Greg Moulton and I, his name is now officially Jackrabbit. <laughs> like that is unbelievable to me. Like, I, I, why is it it's an underreported story? He changed his name from Janoris <laughs> to Jackrabbit, and we're all just like, "That's fine. That's, that's totally yeah." People do that all the time. Like, it's fine. Uh, okay, like Jackrabbit. So, like Jackrabbit is gonna hold it down. Um, yeah, I, I I don't believe in either of these teams. It would be Titans, um, but again, I feel like there's a little bit of overreaction to how they played of late. But I don't think we need to like underrate how well they played against Buffalo and Kansas City. Yeah. No, I uh, I think if I'm forced to go on one side, and I, this is a stay away for me, uh, I think I might lean the Colts just because I think, you know, at home, I, at yeah. some point the Titans have to be due for a letdown at this, right? That huge win against Buffalo, the huge win against Kansas City. I'm going to put that more on Kansas City as opposed to the strength of the Titans secondary here. Sure. I think maybe everybody just takes away the explosive play and that's it. But uh, I think I'd probably lean the Colts, but it's a total stay away for me. So I'm glad at least you don't have conviction either. With it, we know you're going with the team total. Did you have a side with the Texans getting 14 and a half from the Rams? So this goes back to our Jets conversation, Dan. What, what's the number on the Texans? <laughs> and there is no number. There is man. no number on the Texans, buddy. Like this is Rams all day. Um, I, you know, I'd like to have under 14 and a half, um, but like, there's just there's absolutely nothing here that you you know. If you have a Texans ticket, just do not do not watch that game. Like go yeah. to pumpkin patch. Um, you know, take your kids trick or treating. Like, do not watch that one. I mean, Terod Taylor might be back. Yay! Uh, help! I I've got nothing. Yeah, every book is fourteen and a half. By the way, from what I like, okay. it's total consensus. So yeah. there is no there is no value anywhere you can go. Uh, we talked already about the Steelers and the Browns. How about the Seahawks laying three and a half to the Jaguars in Seattle? Ugh, I want to back the, the Jaguars, mm-hmm. um, especially if you can get a three and a half. Yeah, that's where it is everywhere. Yeah, so like that's a little interesting to me. I know it was bouncing back and forth earlier today, and there was oh yeah, there are a couple juice of threes. threes yeah, still, there are a couple of threes out there, but the overwhelming majority of books right now are at three and a half. Yeah, I mean, again, coming off the bye, it's a long travel, but again, I, I don't. I feel like Pete Carroll wants to. It's like the low level Saints perfect matchup last week. Like he yes. wants to get the game over yep. as quick as possible. We want to hide Geno, but they don't have the defense that the Saints have that where they can Correct. try to hide Jameis. So. Um, again, I'm having to buy into hopefully that rookie after the buy. Maybe he starts to take a leap forward. They have a really strong run game. Their offensive line's yep. played really well. If yep. they could stay in a neutral game script and run for a little bit longer than they've been able to, I think that they can keep it close. So if I'm going to get a hook, uh, I kind of like the Jags. If there was a side that I had to take, it would be the Jags with the hook. I just, I can't, you know, backing Urban Meyer is something where it's just like, I, I don't know. I mean, and again, I had a couple of buddies who were like, do it in London against Miami and I was like there's no way I will do it but turned out to be the right side going into Seattle for the rookie quarterback still makes me a little nervous but if there were a side that is where I would go what about the Chargers laying five to the Pats here in Los Angeles yeah this is one of my favorite games of the week it's gonna be really interesting we know that like Brandon Staley refuses to play seven even six guys in the box they run it at by far the lowest rate in the league they Invite you to run. They want to yep. force you into third downs, and hopefully you can make some mistakes there. New England, very, very willing to take whatever you're going to give them. They are fine with grinding it down, 
taking yep. short to intermediate passes and handing the ball to Damian Harris over and over again. So um, I think Harris has a nice day. I think yes. Hunter Henry in a revenge spot has a nice day. Yes. They've been really bad at defending the tight end position all year. Yep. Um, this I think we've seen some public money come in on New England here because it started mm-hmm. to move from six down to even yes. to four and a half today. Um, I We're getting kind of away from it. I would like to have a New England at six, but I would lean that way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there are some four and a halves out there. You're right. FanDuel in particular, I'm noticing, uh, is there. But yeah, I lean the Pats. Uh, I'm probably not going to bet it right now. Like, I would like it to go back up. But if you force me to pick a side right now, I would probably take the Patriots at plus five. I think they match up well here. And I agree. We probably could talk about some player props uh, later in the week here about yep. what we're going to see in this game. So I am with you there. We already talked about the Bucks and the Saints. How about Washington visiting Denver with the Broncos laying three? Yeah, you came into the year thinking that these are two of the best defensive teams in the league, and, and now they're like, you know, bottom third and in, in basically EPA, DVOA, any important metric that you would want. Um, lots of injuries on both sides. I think that Washington is as poor as the defense has played. They still get a decent amount of pressure. Correct. And Denver's allowed a crap ton of pressure on Teddy, who did not look very healthy. Now, I know he's had 10 days to recover. We're going to get Jerry Judy back. There's some things working in their favor, but like, I don't know. I think Washington's a little live and frisky here. Um, I would lean that way. It's not a convicted play for me, but uh, I think I like the over here as well, but that's actually got pushed a little bit. It was like 42 and a half, 43 all day yesterday. Now we're kind of on the wrong side of a key number at 44 and a half everywhere. But yeah, I mean, I think Washington's actually live. Yeah, it is 44 and a half pretty consistently there. So that makes it a little tougher. And I have lived uh, early in the season, at least on the Broncos unders for sure. I agree with you, though. Um, I major concerns about Denver, even with Judy coming back, who I love. Bridgewater, you're right. A, doesn't look healthy. B, if you get pressure on him, which, as you mentioned, as disappointing as the Washington defense has been, they still get pressure. Bridgewater looks very nervous in the pocket. Like his feet are just dancing the entire time. He does not want to get rid of the ball. So I agree with you. I think Washington can come up here, actually steal this game overall. So certainly a sprinkle on the money line if you want to go that way. But getting three, I will take it. Last game, Monday Night Football. Spreads are actually all over the place in this one. It's fun to look at consensus lines. I see nines. I see tens. The consensus right now is nine and a half because that's the majority of books. But there are tens. Chiefs laying, let's say, nine and a half here to the Giants. It's going to happen eventually, right? They're going to get it together. They have yeah. to, right? Like, I mean, they don't have to, but like they have to. <laughs> and the Giants aren't the team that it's going to trip them up. But I didn't think the Titans were going to be the team that tripped them up, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, um, we'll play in whack-a-mole here, but continue to bet on Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the right way to do it. Uh, shorting Daniel Jones in prime time on the road, I think, is probably a plus EV play. You got to do it. You got to do it, man. You got to fire on it. Like, this. Ha- you're right. This has to be the spot. This has to be... For everything that we don't even know who's healthy for the Giants right now on offense. Maybe they all are. I don't really care. I, I just, I, this has to be after last week, this has to be the bounce back spot for sure for Kansas City in Arrowhead on a Monday night. And oh God, it's got to be, if it's, especially <laughs> with it being under, under 10 as it is in my book as the consensus line. Uh, I will take it. Ryan, you were uh, a joy to have today. We don't talk enough. Uh, it was great talking to you. You do fantastic work, as I've said. Remind everybody where they can find it. Thanks, buddy. Uh, uh, podcast twice a week. Move the line. Uh, we have a game by game preview, which is available currently in any of your podcast feeds. We do that on Wednesday nights on our YouTube page. It comes out in podcast form on Thursday mornings. And then on Friday evenings, we have a prop drop show where we focus just on player props that you can actually bet in the moment. So we're not giving you any stale lines. Um, it is basically half of it is us giving the, the picks. The second half is very interactive. We want to uh, take any of the bets that you're looking to get into. 
Um, you can kind of bounce numbers off of us. We want to kind of make that very active and it's been great so far. Again, all the content over at 4 for 4. Uh, a lot of great stuff coming out in the betting space in the next calendar year. He is Ryan Noonan. He is doing great things over there. Make sure you follow him at Rye. That's R-Y Noonan over on Twitter. Enjoy your football, everybody. We'll be back again on Monday, breaking down an early look at the Week 9 NFL lines. We'll be right back.